The following program is brought to you by Podcast One Sportsnet. Don't forget to download our new Podcast One app. Quick break to tell you guys about NFL Game Pass, the only way that you can replay every game all season long. You can relive all the gutsy calls, crazy catches, wild comebacks, and breakout stars from every game every week. It's all the action, all the football you can handle, all in one place. So every game that we're talking about right now, you guys can rewatch it after the fact. I'm going to be going back, and you guys can too. Go check out Lamar Jackson in week one. Go check out Dak Prescott and what that Cowboys offense actually did. Go check out Kyler Murray in his NFL debut. That's my favorite thing about NFL Game Pass. You can go back and watch at any time. And if you haven't watched a condensed game yet, you have to try it out. It's every play from the game back to back to back so you can replay an entire NFL game in the fraction of the time it normally takes. It's how I'm able to follow all the MVP candidates, all the breakout stars, and, of course, your waiver wire pickups all season long. To see all the action this season and stay on top of all the big storylines, you need NFL Game Pass. Best of all, you can kick off the 2019 NFL season with a seven-day free trial of NFL Game Pass. Just sign up now at NFL.com slash NFL. The PFF NFL podcast is brought to you by True Car. 60 seconds. That's exactly how long this commercial lasts. You know what else you could do in about a minute? You can get an offer on your car with True Car. That's right. In the amount of time it takes to floss your teeth, pet your dog, do a few sit-ups, or just listen to my voice, you can get a True Cash offer. Best of all, you could do it from your smartphone or home. Just go to True Car and simply enter your license plate number and watch how your car's details pop up. Answer a few questions and you'll get an accurate True Cash offer from a local True Car certified dealer. It's that easy. After that, you can bring your car in and they'll check it out with you together. You can ask questions and get the answers you need so there's no surprises. Then simply leave with your check or trade in your car for a new ride. So when you're ready to experience a better way to sell or trade in your car, check out True Car today. The PFF Podcast is also brought to you by MyBookie. Sure, watching football is fun, but it's more entertaining when you have some action on the games. Guys, you've heard me talking about this for weeks, and some of you are still on the sidelines. Whether you're an expert or a rookie, you should be betting at MyBookie. If you're the kind of guy who likes to bet a little and win a lot, like playing the numbers on roulette, you can create a big parlay. Pick three teams to win, and if you hit all three, you could turn $100 into $600. There's so much to bet on. College basketball and football, NBA, NHL, custom props, even esports, you name it. My bookie is the one bet I know you'll be happy with all year. I recommend these guys because I really trust them. My bookie has been in business for years. They've got great online reviews, and the mobile site is easy to use as well. Sign up this week, and my bookie will give you a 50% deposit bonus to jumpstart your bankroll. It's a great way to bank even more money when you win. Also, make sure to follow at BetMyBookie on Twitter. They personally respond to every mention in DM, not to mention that they've given away more than $10,000 in free money to their followers this football season. You'll be the first to know as soon as new odds and props are posted. Don't miss out on one of the best weeks to bet on sports this year. Log on to MyBookie right now and use the promo code PFF to get 50% deposit bonus. That's promo code PFF. You play, you win, you get paid. Welcome into the PFF NFL podcast. Steve Palazzolo back here with Sam Monson. We're on YouTube and, of course, the traditional podcast way. As we said, Sam, this is our Week 13 preview show. We're going to get right into it because you are on. Uh, you got a hard out for some radio. Hard out, as they say in the business, Steve. I don't think they say the traditional podcast ways, but they do say hard out. I'm not professional across the board. So just, let's go. Just the hard out. Okay, as always, we're going to preview Thursday Night Football. You guys have already seen it. You already know what happened. We don't. We're recording this Thursday afternoon, so I'm going to tell you what you saw. 
New Orleans Saints at the Dallas Cowboys. This is another one I don't feel good about. Okay. But I wrote it down into our into our document. Mm-hmm. Drew Brees. Yep. Multiple interceptions. <laughs> I, I wrote down three. You did. You're multiple interceptions. Multiple okay. interceptions. He has two coming into the week. Uh, to the week. Right. Twenty nine. So double his interception count. Doubles his. He at least doubles his interception there you go. total. Okay? Doubles his interception. That's total. what we saw in this game. Uh, I'm not picking a winner, but that's what we're going to see. Okay. Okay. I did. I mean, I picked New Orleans to win, but the Drew Brees <laughs> thing. Yes. That's what we saw. Okay. You guys saw it. Drew Brees doubled his interception so, total. Yeah. It wasn't all his fault. Okay. Not all his fault. But he don't did blame it. him. Right. But he's going to double his interception total against the there Dallas Cowboys, or he already did. So Steve predicting the future saw Drew Brees doubling his interception count. Right, from two to at least four, just yeah. so you guys know how math works. Wow. All right, let's get into our marquee matchups of the week. The Minnesota Vikings taking on the New England Patriots. What do we think here, Sam? Is this really a marquee matchup? It's a big matchup, yeah. Is this not just a Viking? Vikings you know, are very good. They're, but they're heading to the slaughter. This is what they do. They go and they play the Patriots and they get their ass kicked. That's what happens when the every Vikings four years. play the Patriots. Every four years. Yeah, yeah. it goes badly. And it's going to go badly right. again. Last it time always they, does. Last time they played in New England, Myron Pryor killed Brett Favre. That was, his, was that his last game? Favre? So he got crushed. Could have been, yeah. And I think that was it. I mean, I remember him getting knocked out of the game Halloween night or you know, late October. Um, I think it'll be a pretty good game, though. There's some matchups to watch when you talk about the Vikings receivers going up against the Patriots cornerbacks, Mike Zimmer going up against Tom Brady. I think it's still a good game. Sure. I mean, on paper, it's just Vikings, Patriots, tends not to go Minnesota's way. Um, There's a few interesting things in this game, though. Yes. That's what I was trying to get out of you here. Okay. I'm I'm working with you now. Thank you. right. So the book on Tom Brady has always been you don't blitz him because right. he knows what's coming and he'll carve you up. He'll just deliver the ball to Edelman over the top of your blitz and many yards and touchdowns will ensue. Um, and this season, it's like teams have just accepted that so they're not blitzing him at all. Right. He's been blitzed 15% of the time, which is the lowest rate in the NFL by a distance. Um, but if you look at the past couple of seasons, his PFF grade against the blitz has gone down markedly. Now, right. it, the the... The kind of the book on him was true in that against the blitz he was always phenomenal, but it has gone downwards. So he still he still has the best PFF grade when you against the blitz going back to like 2014. Yeah, like from now until then. But last year I thought there was an explanation for it because he didn't have Julian Edelman and they were throwing the ball down the field more. Brandon Cooks, it it seemed like it made sense. Uh This year Edelman's back. It doesn't make a ton of sense. And what's interesting is you have. Arguably the best blitzing team in the Minnesota Vikings. That Mike right. Zimmer defense, they're extremely good. Mike Renner has written an article on the website, profootballfocus.com, this week that dives into how good these blitz packages are. And they don't always come after you with the blitz, but they present you with a lot of different looks that are extremely effective. Um, and what they're very good at doing is everyone wants to credit Mike Zimmer's defenses for confusing quarterbacks and kind of screwing them up. Um, and they talk about it in terms of coverages, but I think actually they're far better at confusing protection up front. Right. They, they show you guys in the A-gap, they show you a whole bunch of people at the line of scrimmage, and then they drop out and they send people from different corners. And what it does is it completely messes up the protection you called at the line of scrimmage based on what you were looking at. Right. It makes you make these calls. That, I think, is what it's far better at confusing, is the protection calls, not necessarily the quarterbacks with coverages, but it, it results in the same thing, right? It's, it's a challenge for the quarterback because suddenly he's got a free rusher about to kill him. Um, but 
they so they showed Aaron Rodgers a lot of these looks last week, but they only came after him, I think, three times or something on the blitz. So they don't always have to actually blitz you to have an impact with these looks. But my point overall is I wonder if teams are just seeding this to Tom Brady as a matter of course now, whereas they probably should actually test him a little bit. It's He's been right. so good versus the blitz. We don't do that. It's like, well, is he still so good against the blitz? Maybe we should try it. Uh, it's worth trying. If you just look at the PFF grades, all a part of PFF Elite, premium stats 2.0. When blitzed, 68.1 grade this year. That's average to slightly above average versus an elite 90.7 grade when not blitzed. But again, only blitzed 64 times compared to 358 with no blitz. Passer rating, not a huge difference, 96.8 down to 93.2 when blitzed. But again, if you're making a quarterback play worse... Over time, you know, that's going to match up. So um, it's worth it. And again, the blitz overall with the league, the results on blitzes versus non-blitzes, almost even across the board. Blitzing is not a better strategy as far as uh, stopping the pass overall. But again, for some quarterbacks, it is. So I think it's certainly worth it. Um, also, I mentioned the numbers on, on the pod a couple weeks ago. Since 2015, only two quarterbacks have a grade over 70 against the Vikings blitz. One of one of whom is Kirk Cousins, so yeah. he doesn't have to face it. The other guy's Jared Goff. So the Vikings have had a ton of success with the blitz, and I think this could be. Um, I'm I'm interested to see if they do actually try to go after him um, in this one. But uh, something to watch there. I think the Vikings receivers going up against the Patriots cornerbacks. We have Stephon Gilmore currently as the number three cornerback in football with a 90 overall grade. We have Adam Thielen as the number one wide receiver in the NFL. You have Stephon Diggs, who has not dropped a pass. And you were digging up the numbers on Vikings. Uh, Patriots defense giving up a ton of yards on crossing routes. The Vikings like to run those. So this could be one of those games where the Patriots have games where they give up a ton of yards and then crack down in the red zone. So is this one of those games where the Vikings are going to move the ball and then their only hope is to be really, really good in the red zone with Cousins in that pass game? Yeah, it could be. Um, the The Patriots have given up an absolute ton on those shallow crossing patterns. Right. Uh, the Vikings do run that a lot with both of those receivers, Diggs and Thielen. Um, and what's interesting is that the Patriots, so they've, they've obviously got a star cornerback in Gilmore, but you can only deploy him to one guy, right? So right. one of the other Vikings receivers should have a relatively favorable matchup. And I think they're so, still such a talented duo because they're, they're both incredibly good and dangerous. Now, Thielen is the guy getting all of the yards and the, the, the getting, he has the highest PFF grade right now. He's kind of fun, objectively better at this point than Diggs. But Chris Spielman said something um, on a broadcast of one of the Vikings games earlier in the season that I actually think probably still holds true, which is teams have definitely reached the point now where they respect Adam Thielen and he's, you know, he's a major threat to a defense but they fear Stefan Diggs. Like, Thielen is the guy that's getting the majority of the work and getting the big plays, but Diggs is the guy that scares a defense. And I think that still holds true, despite the fact that Thielen continues to outproduce him from a volume and from a, you know, from a volume and production standpoint. I think Diggs is still the guy that scares teams, at which point you get this question about who do you put Gilmore on? Right. Which guy do you try and take away? And the Patriots generally like to play matchups. And when they do play matchups, it's a lot of, okay, here, top corner, go get this guy. We're going to give you safety help. The, the Patriots are probably the most creative defense in the league when it comes to leaning safeties and stuff. So I could see it being 
give me actually the number two corner. Give me the number two corner against Diggs, but you're going to have a safety chaperone, and then maybe it's Gilmore and Thielen going at it one on one. So um, the tough part is Gilmore. You know, Thielen moves around a little bit more than Diggs. So do you want Gilmore? You know, handling two way goes with Thielen. That's going to be a that's going to be a good matchup to watch. Um, Real quick on Kirk Cousins, we've been saying the narrative all year. Been incredible under pressure. And my whole thing is, week to week, the reaction with Kirk Cousins fails against the Bears. That's the big game he's got to win, but he's great against Green Bay. This up and down, I mean, it's the same Kirk Cousins that we've seen. That's what Minnesota bought, right? Yeah. But they want the guy that's going to win all of these big games. It's just another test, and then they've got the Seahawks. They have more tests to really see where, you know, what they've got. Yeah, I mean, I don't think they even want the they don't even want the guy to win all of those big games. They just want the guy that's capable of winning them in crunch time in the playoffs. You know, they don't want a situation where the NFC Championship game happens again and they're just getting rolled. And they want a guy that can fight back and actually right. start to match a team that's doing that to them. Now, maybe they may not get that far because he's thrown away a couple of games, but that's the scenario that they have in mind for Kirk Cousins. Is if we get to the postseason and things start to go to hell we need a quarterback that's actually capable of redressing that. And the ones they've had before, they didn't think were. Yeah, so it should be a good game. If you guys are over in the British Isles, Sam, check nice. out Sky. Yeah. We'll have a, uh, a game preview for this. We're all taking New England, other than Neil, taking the Minnesota Vikings mm. to win this one. Uh, the other marquee matchup of the week, Los Angeles Chargers at the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, AFC playoff picture will start to come into focus in these next couple weeks. The Steelers have a... Very difficult schedule. Chargers this week. The Patriots in a couple weeks. The Saints down the road. The Chargers have to play Kansas City one more time because of how good Kansas City is. It seems like they're just playing for a a wild card spot here, Um, but technically still in the division race in the AFC West. Chargers are without Melvin Gordon, who's been fantastic this year. What are you looking for in this one? Yeah, I'm curious to see if Austin Eckler can actually handle a full workload as you know this feature back now that Melvin Gordon is down. Um, Eckler has been a top five graded back for us basically all season, but obviously he hasn't had the same kind of workload that a lot of these other guys have had. He hasn't been a lead back. He hasn't been a feature guy. He's just been incredibly efficient, incredibly good on the workload he has had. Now he's potentially going to get that full workload for a little bit. We'll see what he can do. You got Philip Rivers, who's had uh, just a fantastic season. Um, Our guys were running through the numbers on that whole 25 straight completions Uh to start the game. Uh, tune into Sunday Night Football. I think they might be talking about it, just how uh, how rare something like that is. Um, the other thing, though, it's not, while it's an impressive feat, uh, there was a reason why Rivers wasn't, say, the top-graded, he wasn't the top-graded quarterback, right? Nope. Last week? Second, I think. In every advanced metric between us, whether it's QBR, uh, whether it's adjusted net yards per attempt, he wasn't the best quarterback last week, so it just shows it wasn't, the most difficult set of 25 passes to yeah, complete. So it was an impressive thing, but not. it's not like he was the best, it was the best quarterback performance we've seen all it's year. It's also very much a statistic of the time in that we saw Mariota go on an improbable run. Yeah. There was somebody else, I think, had one of those runs. There's a Baker open a game with something like that. He was like 16 for 16. Right. I think, so, point, yeah. I mean, this is a season where that's happening a lot, and this is a time where yeah. that's you know starting to happen quite a lot. This he also is, took he also took four sacks in that time. Yeah, and it's like if he just throws, throws one of those one away of those instead away. of taking yeah. a sack, then it's like all right, it's not that impressive. So, uh, but this year, Rivers ninety six point four passer rating under pressure is first in the NFL. He's the most accurate passer in between the numbers, 
at 77% of his passes are on the frame or perfectly in stride. That's the best in the NFL. Passer rating of 121.5 on deep passes. That is fifth in the NFL. He's had a great year. Um, but the Steelers have only given up 136 yards on deep passes since week five. That surprised me a little bit because I think that still don't trust that pass defense. But they've at least avoided the deep downfield plays. That's the lowest, uh, the, the fewest yards since week five. So he might have to work a little bit to get the ball down the field against Pittsburgh. That defense is always better than it looks like it should be every single year. Better than it looks like they should be. Yeah, every single year it looks like that Steelers defense should be bad based on the talent they deploy. And okay. every single year it somehow isn't. Every year, so recently we've been talking to George and Eric about this a lot because a lot of their, they, they did a whole video a couple weeks ago that pissed everybody off that said, <laughs> def, they pissed people off a lot, by the way. Do you guys listen to the forecast too? I hope you guys do. It's really good, but don't let them piss you off. They, they know what they're doing. Um, it said defenses don't win championships. And the point they were trying to make is that offense dictates uh, essentially their models. It, it dictates what is going to happen going forward. I feel like the Steelers' defense epitomizes this perfectly. Every year, the grades are okay. They're not bad. They, they get a lot of pressure. They get some sacks. But when they face a good passing offense, they're a mess. right? They just get exploited. And that's why I never trust them. And I think the point is defensive rankings and everything are a lot of times just dependent on your ability to just face bad passing offenses. But when you run into a good passing offense, what are you going to do? And this, this could be one of those weeks where it just charges are better. They face New England in a couple weeks. They play New Orleans, and all of a sudden it's like, okay, they're not that good because now they're facing good teams. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying it's a great defense. I'm just saying it always looks like it's better than it should be. Yeah, and I'm explaining why I think that is. Okay, well done. Thanks. Can we talk about Big Ben's volatility real quick? Uh, are you talking about on the field or the f- you know, off the field? In Maybe terms both. Of, he threw you know, everybody under the bus this yeah. week. But then he said he had the right to. I've earned the right to criticize my teammates, which is, you know, okay, true. Um, doesn't make it necessarily a smart thing to do. Rookie second-round pick, third-round pick. Like, I don't know if it's helping him, you know, saying even, you should have scored a touchdown there. You're going to have to do that, otherwise you're not playing. Even the Steelers' beat writers were like, Here's a list of the excuses Big Ben made just on the game-ending interception. Yeah. Marquise Pouncey blocked the nose tackle too deep into the end zone. Yeah. Antonio Brown ran the wrong route. Uh-huh. And there was something else in there. Yeah. I mean, that was terrible. <laughs> How you can look at that throw and blame anybody other than Ben Roethlisberger is impressive. Yeah. And nope. if, you know, even if you think there are other people at fault, I'm not sure you should be the guy coming out and saying it. But... You well, know, yeah, I mean, okay, you be you. Every other quarterback generally like, oh, I got to play better, you know. Right. It's on me. I'm the Some quarterback. Some things happen. Mistakes were right. made, period. Rather than, God, look, look, I was doing fine. This guy was blocking his guy too deep. There was a guy running the wrong route. I w- look, what could I do? Now, he wasn't wrong in every instance. Like we said, he should have had that touchdown to James Washington. He kind of should have ran through it. But again, it's not, it, so but... Much the, it's not so much being factually incorrect. It's should you really be putting that out there? What a jerk. I mean, anyway, this year, real interesting to see Big Ben, uh, number two in big time throws. Again, our highest graded throws with 31, uh, but also number two in turnover worthy throws with 15. Somebody had said, well, in recent weeks, he's throwing interceptions. He's had, you know, interception after not throwing a bunch early in the season. He was getting away with so much early in the season, it's caught up just a little bit. Still has the second most turnover worthy throws this season. Um, This is the lowest grade we've seen from him in years. 
but he is still a big-time value-add quarterback. He's got all those big-time throws. He has the ability to make special plays. So, again, we're not necessarily worried about Big Ben, but let's see, where's the ranking now? 19th, 76.9 overall grade. It's creeping back up there after a slow start. Just a weird year for Big Ben in a very volatile Jameis Winston-y type year. And it's a correspondingly bad grade for Antonio Brown, who has always been one of the most kind of quarterback-dependent elite receivers around the place. Um, we've seen before. It's usually when Roethlisberger goes down hurt, and you end up with Landry Jones right. or somebody coming in, and suddenly Antonio Brown looks hopeless because he just can't, you know, terrible quarterbacks throwing him the ball. It's the same thing this year, only the terrible quarterback is Ben Roethlisberger. Like, it's having the same effect. He has a ton of inaccurate passes when targeting Antonio Brown. We've highlighted that on here as well. Uh, So uh, this 76.9 grade, this is the lowest right now, the lowest we've seen from Big Ben since 2011. So just something to keep an eye on. It's creeping back up, though. Uh, Should be a good game. Where are we going? Where's everybody picking here? Uh, Pittsburgh largely. Renner obviously is going with the Chargers because they're a Super, a Super Bowl, Bowl pick. pick yeah. But so is Nathan, Nathan Yankee. And Gordon. Who too. is Nathan is tied for the overall league in pick watch, like amongst everybody in the world. He's got a game on you. Or at huh? least everybody they're taking picks from. Yeah. He does. He has one game over me, which I'm still not entirely sure how he managed that, but I'm like third in pick watch. I'm proud so of you. you get me, Nathan, and the fact that Green Line is kicking ass in the 538 challenge. We're all pretty fantastic at picks. We're good. You not so much, but the rest of us. I'm three games behind you. That's quite a lot, Steve. I'm a top 20 pick watch guy pretty much every year. Very consistent. <laughs> I've never won, but I've been very consistent. Okay. All right. Somebody look into that. I think I've been good. All right. Let's go rapid fire around the rest of the league. Like real rapid fire because of your hard you out. You keep saying that. We never actually achieve that. All right, let's do it. Denver Broncos at the Cincinnati Bengals. What are you watching for in this one, Sam? How many sacks Von Miller is going to get against Bobby Hart? Twelve. Von Miller, a relative down season going up against Bobby Hart. That'll make anybody squeak. And also going up against Jeff Driscoll, who doesn't have the best pocket presence. It's his first NFL start. Um, Interesting player, Jeff Driscoll, but very mobile. Um, And he's got this ridiculous split right now. Really good under pressure. Not so good. Yeah. In a clean pocket, that should reverse at Uh some point. Uh, who are you taking in this one? Uh, we Denver. All Denver? Yeah. Nobody trusts Jeff Driscoll at home. A.J. Green should be back. Keep an eye on him when he lines up in the slot in this one. Buffalo Bills at the Miami Dolphins. What are you watching for here? Josh Allen, uh, largely against Xavier Howard. Josh Allen likes to go deep pretty much more than any other quarterback. He's, yeah. he's first, I think, top in terms of uh, deep pass frequency. Right. Um, but he's been crappy when he's done it hasn't actually completed that many deep passes despite that fantastic one this past week, which was, I mean, that was peak Josh Allen. That was the high end of everything he can do, but he hasn't done that very often this year. Xavier Howard leads the league in interceptions among cornerbacks, has another six pass breakups in there. He's a legitimate ball hawk, even if he also allows some big passes sometimes as well. So that has turnover written all over it at some point. Yeah. Oh, that'll be a good one. Uh, For years to come, too, Josh Allen versus Xavier Howard. Uh, I'm going to be keeping an eye on Ryan Tannehill has surpassed Mitchell Trubisky as the guy with the biggest discrepancy between PFF grade and passer rating. Oh, so now you can annoy Dolphins fans. No, but they hate Tannehill anyway. Oh, okay. they, were, they were more angry when we tried to tell them that Tannehill was good four years ago. <laughs> or better than they thought <laughs> okay. two years ago. Um, 52.6 PFF grade for Ryan Tannehill. That includes all his 28.2 fumble grade which doesn't show up in the stats. That's part of the discrepancy here. So 52.6 PFF grade ranks 34th, but somehow a 97.2 passer rating ranks 15th in the NFL. So Tannehill, I think this is the best statistical season of his career, 
and also the worst grade of his career. That's what we're seeing. Nice. For Ryan Tannehill this year. That's the new NFL. You could play poorly and still put up good numbers if guys uh, do well after the catch. Okay. Uh, who are we taking here? Uh, Both of us, Miami. Yeah. We're taking the Dolphins. Carolina Panthers at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. What do you want here? My quarterback coin flip plan took a bit of a – it suffered a little bit last week because Jameis Winston actually played really quite well. Um, so he's unlikely to get benched at least You want them half-time. to flip a coin between – I want them to flip a coin at the start of every game to determine which quarterback is going to play the first half and then have the first half of action determine which guy is going to play the rest of the game. For years I've been comparing Jameis Winston to Carson Palmer – Eli Manning, is it really just Ryan Fitzpatrick? I mean, is yeah. that his comparison? I mean, they're, they're all same stylistic kind of quarterbacks. Well, like Carson variance. Palmer's high end is still higher than Ryan Fitzpatrick's. Eli Manning's high end is well, still higher than Ryan Fitzpatrick's. Ryan Fitzpatrick's high end this year was absurd. This year was absurd, right? But up until this point, it wasn't like... He's always had... I think he's, his high end has been less sustainable than the other people's high end. But I, I think his high end has been spectacular. Fascinating numbers here. The, two high, the highest percentage of turnover-worthy plays in the NFL, Jameis Winston and Ryan Fitzpatrick. The highest percentage of positively graded throws, Jameis Winston and Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yeah. They're identical players this year. And then also want to watch Christian McCaffrey playing 97% of the snaps, the highest total we've ever seen for a running back since 2006. Okay. And probably beyond that. But we're all taking – no, I'm taking Tampa Bay. Whew. Carolina's on a losing streak all here. Right. We're going to get the good Jameis at home. Wow. I'm taking Tampa Bay. Fair enough. You're taking Carolina, huh? Yeah. Keep, uh, stay good with Panthers fans. Los Angeles Rams at the Detroit Lions, Sam. Um, Akib Talib is coming back. He it may be limited. He may not play a full slate, a full, uh, you know, every snap out there. So I'm curious to see how that works. How effective is he going to be? Because the Rams, I don't want to say they desperately need him back there because it's not like they've been losing with that defense, but he will make a major difference because Marcus Peters has been playing disastrously. He has the lowest grade in the entire NFL on third and fourth down as a cornerback. Um, wow. He's been a train wreck. But Akeem Tlaib will help. He should help, A, because he's better, and B, because he might stop Marcus Peters having to cover does that, really good players. Does that make the Rams even scarier, though? If, yeah. Because they have all the potential in that yeah. secondary. They were supposed to be better. No, it's a big impact player coming back. I was running through a bunch of numbers this week and uh, was a little surprised to see this. Matthew Stafford, I went through and I said, okay, he has the lowest depth of target on completions. So the lowest uh, completion average, essentially. Matthew Stafford tied with Derek Carr, 4.6, I think it was. 4.6 yards per completion is the lowest in the NFL. Stafford, of course, has a cannon. They need to unleash him a little bit more. Need to well, I want a cannon. I want to see high-end Stafford. Okay. Best arm in the NFL? No, no. No, we covered that this summer. Yeah. We're all taking the Rams in this one. I want to see Stafford throw the ball down the field. Start chucking it. Season's over. Mm-hmm. All right, Chicago Bears at the New York Giants. Speaking of seasons being over, uh, Chase Daniel. Cold. Sounds like they're getting the start. Yeah. He's getting Trubisky's the start again. still out. So, man, it's just another week where Trubisky can't revert back to the mean with a bunch of interceptions. Yeah, but on the other hand, if Chase Daniel has another good game, it helps your argument because you're proving how system-driven this is. I'm not trying to prove anything. That's I like Mitch Trubisky. I'm trying to agenda. tell you he hasn't been as good as you think this year. That's this all I'm trying helping to tell you. the agenda that you're driving. We all know it. I am agenda-driven. Yes. We're, uh, we're all taking the Bears other than Neil taking the Giants, but what, anything specific you're looking for here? Yeah. So I said a few weeks ago that Alec Ogletree, you could run a, a good NFL offense doing nothing but targeting Alec Ogletree in coverage, yeah. the, the linebacker for the Giants, athletic but useless in space. 
Um, Tariq Cohen is the guy to get that done. Like, you could target him 15 times in the first half and have, like, 300 yards passing and two touchdowns. Oh, I hope they do it. Right. I think it'd be fun to see. Chase Daniel just hit him over the middle every single time. All right, we'll keep an eye on it. Yeah. I want to see Chase I want to see Chase Daniel. I want to see what type of this is a good test. See what type of numbers he could put in, in up in this one and how yeah. scheme dependent uh the quarterbacks are maybe in Chicago. Uh New York Jets at the Tennessee Titans. Are you gonna watch this one? Uh, of course we are. I mean it's gonna be fans. on the TVs here. I can't say I'll be giving it a huge amount of my attention. It's not getting one of the top three TVs here though. The top three? Well we only how many is it a one PM or a four PM? Yeah, oh one PM then it's probably not gonna get much airtime. No. If we're honest. Uh, Marcus Mariota, I want to see him establish some level of consistency at some point. Well, that doesn't seem like it's ever going to happen, does no. it? Our boy Cole is begging for it. Uh, at Tennessee, though, they need it because they need – still still in the playoff hunt. Tennessee needs this one. They do. Um, they do need this one. I, I mean, I think they should have it because the Jets are bad. <laughs> That's pretty much all there is to it. You're going to watch Henry Anderson? Is that who, you, who you're watching? Henry Anderson. Well, this, the two Henrys, right? De- Henry Anderson and Derek Henry. Both Perfect. of whom I've had pretty Something. strong takes on over the, the past Something to keep an eye on. Who did years. you compare Derek Henry to this week? Uh, not this week. I Which compared it to him in 2015. I compared him to... Oh, that was the tweet you sent me? Yeah. To- these were oh. old tweets, right? Back in 2015, this was in the midst of Derek Henry's Heisman year. Right. I said that Derek Henry is Toby Gerhardt. Discuss. Harsh. Is it, though? It felt harsh at the time. Right. That feels a more thing. correct at the time now. I also said that I wasn't convinced that Derrick Henry was the best running back in his own backfield, let alone in the draft. Kenyon Drake. Yes. Both of those tweets are starting to look better the longer this goes. Those were bold. Yes. And they're not necessarily wrong. Right. We're all taking Tennessee in this one. Kansas City Chiefs at the Oakland Raiders. The spreads a million. Yeah. What's going to happen in this one? Uh, the over's going to hit. The Chiefs are going to put up all the touchdowns. Uh, Tyreek Hill. Uh, so, One of these so Raiders many, games, they're so just going to keep it within 15, and be, and it's going to be like a moral victory for them, right? They have yeah. two games against the Chiefs down the stretch here. They'll keep one of them close-ish, right? Maybe, but I can't really see how. I mean, even if they can slow down the Chiefs' offense, I can't see how they're going to score. So, I mean, it's just this is ugly. This is a time. Now, if Drew Brees did really throw those two interceptions and Patrick Mahomes throws another six touchdowns against the Raiders, maybe mm-hmm. this uh, reopens that MVP debate between the two. Well, like you said, he's going to get two games against the Raiders. That's yeah. a lot of touchdowns in theory. Right. He's already to pretty close to the record pace for Peyton Manning. Right. So I think that's the thing to watch is just how much Patrick Mahomes is Patrick uh, Mahomes padding his stats watch. down the stretch here. Okay. We're obviously all taking the Kansas City Chiefs here. Massive spread despite the Chiefs being on the road. Cleveland Browns at the Houston Texans. Pretty good quarterback matchup. Baker Mayfield and Deshaun Watson here. Yeah, and that's really the thing to watch. Um, and each one of these guys has to deal with a pretty formidable pass rusher coming at them. Miles um, Garrett, obviously, for the Browns, going to be trying to get to um, to Deshaun Watson. And then on the other side, you've got J.J. Watt, who's emerging back into maybe the best edge rusher in the NFL. Well, do you see where he is graded now? Number one, right? He's back up to number right. one. So he's not quite defenders. what he used to be, but he's back to being basically as good as anybody else. Yeah, and uh, we've been, as much as we're um, fans of Baker Mayfield and his game, we keep reiterating that just because he's been incredibly uh, successful statistically the last couple weeks, he's playing the same football he's played all year Yeah, outside of two games. Uh, last week had a couple lucky touchdowns in there. Um, so it's not, there has been better play calling, 
But Baker Mayfield has not miraculously started playing better. Same guy getting some better help right. the last couple weeks. Uh, you did not want to take Houston, but you did. Everybody took Houston, but you were like yeah. cringing here. Yeah, I don't, don't like it. I, just, I still don't think the Texans are actually that good. And the Browns are kind of decent now. Now they've got rid of a lot of the problems in terms of play calling. Baker Mayfield is playing well still. Everything else is kind of clicking. I think the Browns could win that, particularly as I'm just so completely unenamored with the Texans. Texans defense is looking pretty good, and we have Romeo Cornell, their defensive coordinator, as one of our highest-rated assistants this year. And what if I also told you Miles Garrett versus Julianne Davenport? Well, exactly. You should go change your pick. No. It's already out. It's already done. In public. It's locked. Uh, What are you watching for in the San Francisco 49ers-Seattle Seahawks game, Sam? The return of Richard Sherman. What kind of uh, reception is he going to get back up there in the Pacific Northwest? Um, Sherman's been really good this year in terms of limiting the number of catches that are allowed, but he got kind of eaten alive last week. Uh, Gave up five 413 yards, most of which went to Mike Evans on a couple of big plays. Um, Are the Seahawks going to be able to target their former talisman on defense Ooh, i want to see does russell wilson actually go after him and uh i think russell wilson's the story here you know see if he can go on a little run and, and you know push seattle to the to the playoffs here okay he's had a few good games he's sometimes he's due for a dud yes and he does that against the niners sometimes true for whatever that's worth but i'll, sp- I'll be keeping an eye on definitely the sherman matchup we're all taking seattle though in this one Indianapolis Colts at the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Colts are rolling in the AFC South. I think in this one, though, the Jags aren't good record-wise, but they're still. I, I still feel like they're they're that talented team that went to the AFC Championship last year. So in any given week, they can uh, give teams some trouble. Division game. I think this could be a good game. Plus, they benched Blake Bortles, who can't throw the ball. Oh, yeah, so there's that too. They're fired offensive coordinator. Yeah. Fired offensive coordinator. Bench their bad quarterback. Um, and now we'll be starting Cody Kessler in this game. So we're going to get game manager Cody Kessler. Yes. And then they're going to have to rely on the Jags defense again. Uh, and this could be, you know, the Colts haven't given up a ton of pressure these last few weeks. This would be the, one of those D-lines right. that could get after This them. is another big test for that rejuvenated Colts offensive line. Yes, they've improved dramatically, but how good are they? Because now you've got a really good defensive front coming to town to test that. So that'll yeah. be fun to watch. Cody Kessler. You love Cody Kessler. I just think if you're going to run an idiot-proof offense, you might as well get someone that's not going to turn the ball over like Blake Bortles does. Is Cody Kessler the best idiot-proof offense quarterback in the NFL? No, that's Alex Smith. Alex Smith with legs. Alex Smith right now, not so great. Oh, cheap shot. I'm I'm just saying, you you wouldn't want him out there right now. Usually, yes. Right. Without a leg, no. We're all taking the Colts. Speaking of the Washington Redskins, they're going to Philadelphia. Colt McCoy, uh, 0-1 now this year as the Washington starter. Is that right? That was his first start last uh, year yeah. at Thanksgiving. Uh, the Eagles, who still should be better than they are. A- NFC East is wide open, and this game's massive. I mean, they just need to get some cornerbacks back because at the moment they're starting anybody, and they're starting people that look just painfully inadequate for the job they're being tasked with. Right. Um, and that's obviously a problem because that's, like, what, the second, third most important position in the NFL. So... You, they just desperately need somebody to get health, healthy back in the secondary and help them. The and Eagles and the problem. Jaguars are like the same team of like, how long do you use last year's performance right. to believe in them? 
versus uh, you know converting to like what you've seen most recently. You're right, though. I mean, they should be better, but there is a very obvious problem and reason they're not. And right, that, I understand that the injuries needs to change. But now, can the Redskins even take advantage of that on the I back mean, end? That's quite possibly not. Their that's why I'm taking their receivers are bad, and Cole McCoy's a quarterback. Right, and that's why I'm taking the Eagles. Yeah, same. Uh, Colt McCoy had a couple turnover-worthy plays against Dallas where the lack of arm strength showed up. So that's something to potentially exploit for the Eagles if they have bodies to cover on the back end. Mm-hmm. Uh, Baltimore Ravens at the Atlanta Falcons was hoping. I mean, this was supposed to be the every four years matchup between Joe Flacco and Matt Ryan. Yeah. It but really no. didn't quite pan out that way. No. But is Deion Jones back this week? I've been asking this for about three weeks running. It seems that every week he should be back. We hate putting out outdated stuff. We uh-huh. hate doing analysis when we record this on a Thursday that's outdated by the time the games come out on Sunday. Yeah. And you're just like three weeks in a row of, oh, yeah, Dean Jones should be back. Because they keep saying he's going to be back. This week, they're, they're again, same old story. Could you read the tea leaves a little bit better? I, the quote I read this morning was uh, vague but optimistic about the return of Dion Jones. That sounds like we probably shouldn't talk to him. But he did practice with the first team again. So hopefully he should be playing again. At which point, again, he makes a big difference to that defense when he's healthy. He does. Because he's one of the best coverage linebackers in the game. Uh, if he is playing, uh, in the scouting report for Lamar Jackson, when he, makes, when he throws turnover-worthy throws, it's a lot of misreading of underneath linebackers. There could be an interception opportunity or two. Also, one of the few linebackers with the kind of speed to deal with a quarterback like Lamar. So I really hope he's back because that could be a right. fun little matchup. Otherwise, this whole little segment has been pointless again. Let's not talk about him anymore. Okay, done. Matt Ryan's in a dome. I'm taking Atlanta. Oh, okay. That's what's going to happen. Uh, did you see our some, a kind of colleague, Andrew Perloff? Kind of colleague? Yes, because he's on the SI show that we're on every week. Oh, I see. I know we never talk to him or see him, but he's right. on the show. Yeah. Andrew Perloff, he's on Sports Illustrated, and he tweeted out Matt Ryan's stats and his paces, you know, 5,300 yeah. yards and all these different things. And he said, is Matt Ryan having one of the best seasons of all time? And I said, no. Yeah. He's our number nine graded QB. Right. It was basically based off on the fact, all on the fact that he's about, he's on pace for like 5,300 yards. Therefore, And a lot of touchdowns and not a lot of interceptions. Right. And, and we've been on the other end of the Matt Ryan discussion where we said, look, last year... His stats were way worse than he played and all this stuff. I still defer back. I don't want to sound really conceited and cocky about this, but I have to defer back to the PFF grades because we're adding the proper context here. If he's number nine in our grades and he has ridiculous stats, the season's a small sample size. Yeah. So he had the one game where he had three screens for touchdowns. But even just generally, come on, we've moved beyond the point where like a lot of yards is all you're measuring a quarterback by. And touchdown to interception ratio, which again, in a given last year, Matt Ryan had a million interceptions. We said shouldn't have had him. This year, he doesn't have a ton of interceptions, and he should have a lot more. Like, like even, that, that's just what happens even, in a year. Even by those measures, he's not remarkable this season. Oh no, I get it. Like it is mostly based off the yards. Yes, and you also have a guy that's playing from behind a little bit, and he's only playing well indoors for the most part. Right, and it's a lot not of even it is close to one of the, the best catch. seasons of all like, time. No, is the answer, and the the like the secondary the. Subtitle to that is be better than that. It's an emphatic no. It's an emphatic no. And sorry, be better Andrew. than that. You know better than that. Uh, sorry, Andrew. Don't be that guy. I said no to him. Okay. Uh, Gordon's the only one taking Baltimore. The rest of us are taking Atlanta. And uh, somebody questioned us. Baltimore six and five. Atlanta's four and seven. But I don't care. Still taking Atlanta. <laughs> okay. I thought you had like a like an extended rebuttal to that guy but it's just, well yeah well I, the I rebuttal care. is i think atlanta is much better than a four and seven team they've they've had to go through the rigors of the nfc schedule okay 
And I don't trust Lamar still as a passer. Well, that's fine. Yet. All right. One more game. Mm-hmm. Is this Monday Night Football? Yeah. Or was it Redskins-Eagles? I thought that was Monday Night. Is it? I, I so. assume these were in that order, no? What's yeah, we should have looked football? into that. Either way, the last game we're going to talk about is the Arizona Cardinals at the Green Bay Packers. It's Redskins-Eagles on Monday night, right? Okay. So oh. that was the, that's, so that is the Monday night it. game. What? We've already missed the Monday night football. We just talk. went slightly out of order. The listeners don't have to know. It doesn't matter. When I'm fascinated, my thing to watch on Monday night football is not anything to do with the game. It's going to be, will Jason Witten outdo himself in pronouncing a name? Because his attempt to pronounce... Uh, what is it? Ecubom? Ebucom? It's one of the greatest things I've ever heard in my life. You couldn't even do it. You couldn't do it. I don't Ebucam. even know what his name is. I'm Ebucam. not looking at it. But. Can we hear that again? That was not great. Ebucam. It's, it's mean. It's actually mean. For well, us my favorite, like, we've, we've screwed stuff up before. I've never done that. We'll find something. My favorite part about it was that he, he kept going. Like, I would have said Samson. Right? I would have gone to his first But name. how early would you have gone to that? Oh, quickly. Right? <laughs> Samson. There you go. I mispronounce names a lot because I'm unprepared. Yeah. Though. But so at I least can relate. You, you get through the mispronunciation right off the bat. Oh, yeah. Right? Like you rolled right into I would into have said Fidiarics. like Abukum. Yeah. Right? Right. You rolled right into like Fidiarix without any hitch whatsoever. Like you didn't. You That's didn't, true. You just start yeah, saying yeah. syllables, and by the end, you realize those are not yeah. the way they're oh, supposed to be pronounced. That's not the way it's supposed yeah. to be, but to hell with it. I got it out in one take. Whereas Witten just kept, kept chipping away at it until, until he ended up with whatever the hell that was. I like to say that um, teams, uh, players don't bust, teams do. Mm-hmm. So, like when AJ Jenkins was a first round pick, yeah. so it's not his fault. Announcers don't bust, networks ESPN do. ESPN did. Yeah. It's not Jason Witten's fault they that busted, they put him in this impossible situation. Maybe he gets better. But it wasn't A.J. Jenkins' fault that he's sitting there as a third-round round wide receiver and the 49ers took him in the first round. It's not right. his fault. No. It's not Jason Witten's fault. No, it's not. He's overmatched. Yes. Arizona Cardinals at the Green Bay Packers is not Monday Night Football, but it's the last game we're going to talk about today. What's wrong with Aaron Rodgers? I mean... I'm just kidding. It's a really weird year. We talked about it the other day, but just really weird year for Aaron Rodgers. Uh, taking care of the ball, but just not making enough positive plays this year, taking too many sacks. But he should pick apart this Arizona Cardinals team. Yeah, Cardinals not good. Packers not great, but they're better than the Cardinals. Case closed. Mike Pettin against rookie Josh Rosen. A lot of fun. Mike Pettin in that Rex Ryan tree. Uh, they do a lot of funky stuff up front. That's what we're going to watch for. I think we're all taking Green Bay. Yep. That was rapid fire. Look, Look at this. That. My heart out is calling me two minutes early. What kind of crap is that? That's obnoxious. You can leave. Right? You go take your okay. uh, radio call. I'm We're out. out. I'm out. I'll wrap it up. That's it for us. Week 13. You just go straight mic drop on us. Literal mic drop. Literal mic drop here on YouTube and on in podcast world. Bye, Sam. Enjoy your radio. Thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, all of our data, of course, coming from PFF Elite, all part of your premium stats package. I can just... Matt, I could just go for the rest of this thing. I could fill the next 15 minutes by myself. It's a solo deal. It's kind of like a wrestling run-in where a guy goes to do the interview and I'm stuck here by myself. Can I just ramble for the rest of this? What else do I want to talk about? What else grinds my gears? We didn't even get to what grinds Sam's gears. We'll have to push that to next week because he's got something good. All right, we're really going to wrap it up, though. That's our Week 13 preview. We'll be back here on Monday reviewing all of the action. Special thanks to everybody who's tuned in all season. Stick with us through the rest of the year. We'll see you guys Monday.
Quick break to tell you guys about NFL Game Pass, the only way that you can replay every game all season long. You can relive all the gutsy calls, crazy catches, wild comebacks, and breakout stars from every game every week. It's all the action, all the football you can handle, all in one place. So every game that we're talking about right now, you guys can rewatch it after the fact. I'm going to be going back, and you guys can too. Go check out Lamar Jackson in week one. Go check out Dak Prescott and what that Cowboys offense actually did. Go check out Kyler Murray and his NFL debut. That's my favorite thing about NFL Game Pass. You can go back and watch at any time. And if you haven't watched a condensed game yet, you have to try it out. It's every play from the game back to back to back so you can replay an entire NFL game in the fraction of the time it normally takes. It's how I'm able to follow all the MVP candidates, all the breakout stars, and, of course, your waiver wire pickups all season long. To see all the action this season and stay on top of all the big storylines, you need NFL Game Pass. Best of all, you can kick off the 2019 NFL season with a seven-day free trial of NFL Game Pass. Just sign up now at NFL.com slash Pro Football Focus NFL.